One day without meat. That was a proclamation made by the governor that stirred an intense debate at the Capitol today. It led to some agricultural industry leaders threatening to move part of the stock show out of the state. CBS4 political specialist Sean Boyd joins us from the Capitol. And Sean, the governor is not backing off his statement. Karen, he is downplaying it all, but make no mistake, he has created a major dust-up. As one rancher put it, words have consequences, especially when they're the words of the governor. We can't have leadership in this state throw the number two industry in this state under the bus. That's unacceptable. Senator Jerry Sonnenberg took to the floor of the Senate and took Governor Polis to task over this, a proclamation declaring March 20th meet-out day in Colorado. A holiday in the state of Colorado for meat-free. It's not the first time the governor, whose partner is vegan, has snubbed the beef industry. Sonnenberg recalled how he plugged Burger King's meatless burger, sending a bunch to the Department of Agriculture. This contributes to his war on rural Colorado. It is indeed a slap in the face. It could also have economic ramifications. Sonnenberg says the National Hereford Association is now threatening to leave the National Western, calling the proclamation the last straw. We do hundreds of these proclamations. Polis suggests everyone's overreacting, noting he's expanded markets for Colorado beef, and he likes meat, or at least cooking it. This was one of my uh, uh, quarantine hobbies was learning to uh, really develop techniques around cooking some of the underappreciated cuts. Uh, I'll put my brisket against anybody's brisket in the state. Senator Rhonda Field suggests the governor is tone deaf. Have you seen the lines in reference to people getting boxes of food? And we, we want to have a day of no meat? Ranchers like Sonnenberg also unamused. I'm asking you to stand up for agriculture. Now, the National Western released a statement saying it's disappointed in the proclamation but wouldn't say what impact it might have on the stock show. Meantime, the Colorado Cattlemen's Association is holding Meet in day on March 20th, the same day as meet out day. There will be barbecues across the state and stores and restaurants offering specials on meat. So meet out day has led to meet in day and may actually help meet sales and hopefully not hurt the National Western. Live at the Capitol, Sean Boyd covering Colorado first. Sean Oliver. Yes, here we are, Studio Kitchen, Colorado, and I have to thank CBS4 for that news piece. And there it is, the governor, he steps in it again, and literally, uh, I don't know where this is going to go, but I thought it was important today that we show you some faces of agriculture. I'll introduce you everybody here in a second, but we are at Studio Kitchen, Colorado, we'll have a full show for you today, and it is the Ides of March, March 1st. March 1st Can today. you believe it? We Mr. Made Mike Harper, how are you, sir? I'm very good. Thanks, Greg. And let's go on down the line. Introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Tori Uland. Hi, Tori. Good to see you. You too. I'm Holly Mitchett. Mark Okay. We're going to have the conversation here today. Let's just first, reactions, you guys. Meet Out Day, March 20th. I have a feeling you won't be taking part in Meet Out Day. I think I'm going to double up. You're going to double I'm gonna, up? I'm going to... I'm going to eat so much meat on the 20th, it's going to be crazy. As well you should. Yes. First blush, reactions. Uh, you know, we've already had meetings in our community about a free community picnic with burgers and hot dogs, free for all. So I love it. <laughs> as we're going to cook some delicious lamb here as well. How about you, first reaction? 
ranching cow and calf in Colorado is our number one agricultural um, okay. entity. So bringing in 3.6 million every year to Colorado. So it was, it wasn't something I appreciated for sure. Didn't sit well. Right? No, Art. no. Hey, grab that microphone right there. I apologize. Oops, sorry, sir. It doesn't surprise me coming from our governor because he is actually not a friend of ours. It doesn't seem like, but uh, in the, I think in the long run, it's going to maybe backfire on him, and we're going to do a lot better in the long run. So yeah, the fallout. Maybe we have, we have to say you know. thank you, Governor Polis, for something, but <laughs> not this. Yeah. Well, it, and it's interesting, and and I I love the awareness now because as we are an ag state, I mean Colorado, you think about it. What do we do? We have a lot of ag as the modern eater. We tour Colorado, and we take a month in our year just to go around and connect with folks. Now, you don't live in Denver. Where do you live, sir? Uh, I live north of Greeley, north of Denver, about 65 miles, small and, town of Eaton. And what do you do? We're in the, uh, we feed cattle and a, and a lot of sheep, but a few cattle. Uh, so we have a feedlot there, and we buy cattle and sheep from all around the western United States and bring them here, and we finish them. And then we have uh, recently got involved in a partnership in a new processing facility in Brush, Colorado. So we're harvesting lambs out there and selling carcasses uh, clear back to the East Coast. And so we're, we're, we're in the trenches. This is our business, our How livelihood. How many generations? I'm the, uh, my daughter's the fourth. Wow. Yeah. Wait till so you hear this story. I'll bet you that we've got even more over here. I have no doubt. Live, where do you live? Um, I was born and raised in Eads, Colorado, in the southeast corner of the state, just about 35 miles north of Lamar. Um, grew up on a, I'm the fifth generation on the Ulan side, and I'm also the fifth generation on my mom's side, the Mullenberg side, which is in Idalia, Colorado, which is just north of Burlington. So um, the roots run deep. Yeah, how about you, Holly? Where do you live? Uh, I live in East Colorado. I grew up in Cheyenne Wells, Colorado. On my mom's side, I am a fifth generation. Um, the, actually, the in Kansas, they homesteaded. It's been in our family for like 136 wow. years. Holy cow. So um, on my dad's side, I'm a fourth generation. I married a Michik, and he's a fourth generation, and there are many, many Mitchicks still farming and ranching, so. How about yeah. you? I'm in Kingsburg, Colorado. I grew up in Oregon, third generation. I've been with Superior Farms, which we are an employee-owned company. We process lamb and veal. Um, 36 years of service for Superior Farms. Wow, unbelievable. All right, let's dig in. I read a, a opinion piece that you wrote on the Book of Faces. It yep. just really struck me, and, and just thinking about it gives me the goosebumps. But this struck really, it, it, it cut deep for you, really. It did. Um, what prompted you to write that piece, and where did you, I mean, it was from the heart, obviously. But what was the sentiment? I, we printed it out here and said, well, let's not read it. But just give that overall sentiment of that piece and you what know, prompted it. I've never been um, afraid of sharing my belief system with people. Um, I, you know, like I said, I was born and raised on a fifth generation farm. Um, I, a lot of my cousins have kids that are the sixth generation. They're being raised right now. Um, I'm very proud to be a part of the ag industry. And so hearing something like that after, you know, it's not the first comment the governor has made, um, negatively towards ag. Um, and you know, there's a lot of things in our country and in the world going on that are, um, just not sitting right with me 
as a producer and something that my family has worked so hard for. You know, my grandpa built this from, built the operation from nothing. And, um, you know, he's raised his whole family this way. And I just don't think um, Governor Polis has a lot of respect for this industry and he doesn't understand it and he doesn't try to understand it. Using his position of power and influence to utilize um, and, and to use that bully pulpit to basically give his opinion is what right. he's doing right now. He's using a public platform to push a personal agenda and that's not okay. Mm -hmm. I don't care what your politics are. Um, what we eat should be up to us. Mm -hmm. um, it, he has no right to tell us what we should and shouldn't eat. Yeah. Could you, uh, so some of the, the feedback or the blowback on this would, is they're taking a look at the stock show and saying, is this the right fit for it? Um, especially in a, in a state that right now has a governor that obviously is not pushing the, the agriculture agenda. What, what do you think about that, Mike? I think we've got to stay strong. I mean, they, they've, they've got a, a neat, neat design going down there for the new stock show grounds to, you know, the, the revamping of the old grounds mm -hmm. and, and where it sets. I think you've got to move forward strong. Yeah. You've got to encourage people to hang, hang on. This too will pass. Yeah. He may not be there in a few years yeah, can't with, this, with this kind of uh, approach. We can't lose the stock show. No, it's huge in, in the, the, uh, the tax base. Mm -hmm. uh, when you, you're attacking agriculture, look at the tax base that, mm -hmm. that ag provides the state of Colorado. Yes. It's huge. Absolutely, uh, it's huge. You know, there's been talk of uh, secession. Weld County has talked about uh, moving to uh, well, to to Wyoming. And I think there's more and more talk all the time. Well, whether yeah. or not that would happen, I, I don't, don't know. I don't know how that could work out, but I found that interesting. <laughs> you took the drive up here today because it's very important. What's that message that you guys have? What is it that you would want to say as we want to utilize the modern eater as our platform to be able to counter what the governor has done right now? Um, you know, I think um, you hear this a lot, but people need to understand where their food comes from. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, it's not the grocery store. It, you know, from farm to table, that's kind of something that people need to understand. And how many lives, livelihoods, a message like this um, impacts, yes. you know? They're, all of us, we have stakes in agriculture, and this impacts uh -huh. every one of us in different ways. But it's an impact, and it's not in a good way. Um, we just want to be a voice for agriculture and, you know, sh convey this message to Absolutely. the public. Absolutely. Holly, what do you think? Yeah, so for me, I think that there's a misunderstanding with farming and ranching, and we are good stewards. We, if mm -hmm. we don't take care of the land, if we don't take care of the animals, the cattle, the lamb, the sheep, you know, we, they don't take care of us. Right. And so um, I feel like, there is a disconnect between, you know, maybe we're not educated enough or whatever the belief is, but, you know, come spend a week with us. You can learn a lot. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, Mark, when I've met you a couple of times, but just being involved and being around Mike Harper, there's certain things that as you get to know folks in ag, and, and I think that that point of what you said of being good stewards, um, what do we do going forward to create more awareness 
bringing in the direction that we need to go. We do what we can at the Modern Eater to try and get around and tell the stories, but what we can, can we do as a concerted effort to really rally the ag in the state of Colorado? Well, that's one thing where the stock show, if you're tying this yeah. all together, it's the one place where the city people have a chance to see agriculture, uh, learn about it, so and without that, they don't have that opportunity, and, they, and the, yeah, the food is produced somewhere besides the grocery store. The grocery store is the outlet, but there's a lot of work done before it gets there. It's not born in the package <laughs> on the shelves? <laughs> not yet. Not yet. <laughs> it's, it's not. So as, as we bring this to a conclusion, and I think, uh, so Senator Sonnenberg did a, a great job, I believe, on the floor of the Senate just a few days ago. And it, it's, it's, to me, it's just mind-blowing that the governor would actually say such words to discourage what is it, number three industry in the state of Colorado? Um, it's number, cattle, cattle is, is number, number one, one in agriculture. Unbelievable, unbelievable. Yeah. Three well, points. where do we go from here, you guys? I mean, where do we go? We just have to stick together and get the word out. Absolutely. I, yeah. I've always said that the, 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 the problem that we have in agriculture is we're so busy trying to make a living mm -hmm. and take care of our animals and, mm -hmm. and our livelihood mm -hmm. that we, we really do a poor job of educating but thanks to people like yourselves mm, that get the word out and help us get the word out about what we do and the importance of it. Yeah. I think that's yeah. it. Well, what we're going to do here today is we're going to cook with some delicious lamb. And we have Chef Blake and Chef Marcus from Emily Griffith Culinary Quick Start here. It's important that we keep this conversation going. These folks, we could have connected on a Zoom call and Zoomed them in from northern and southern Colorado. It was important that we come together here in Studio Kitchen Colorado as a collective voice. And this collective voice is what we need to do. So Colorado Meat Out Day, which is March 20th, coming in 20 days, has turned into Colorado Meat In Day. And folks are going to uh, double and quadruple their efforts to give awareness to the great state of Colorado and the agriculture that we have. We will be doing our part. So we'll be planning something on March 20th to give that awareness. So get your smokers going, your backyard grills. Um, do what you can to support Colorado agriculture. And truly, what I believe you need to do is take it to your little media outlets, which is your Facebook, your Instagram. Post pictures of agriculture. Post pictures of the ranchers. Post pictures of the farmers. Do what you can do within the realm of your environment to create that awareness and show how important it is for agriculture. Colorado. That's what we need to do, and that's what we're going to do. So March 20th is meet-in day for all of us. Closing comments. We'll just go down the line. The West wasn't one on salads. <laughs> I love it. Great closing comment. Try and beat that one, Holly. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just want to thank people for supporting yeah. agriculture, and uh, we do appreciate you. So. Yeah. Well, and collectively, we're just we're going to go do this together. So we'll be brainstorming. Uh, Tori, what, what your closing comments on this as well? You know, I just would like to encourage everyone to thank your local producers, yes. thank a farmer, thank a rancher, and I want to thank you guys for helping us get this message out. It's our pleasure, absolutely, Mr. Harper. Eat more lamb. Ten thousand coyotes can't be wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't expect that you would say that, but um, please.
bleep, you guys. These are the faces of agriculture. <laughs> it was a pleasure having all of you here today. I think we need to uh, celebrate and cook this delicious oh. lamb with the chefs. We're going to break. We'll come back to Studio Kitchen Colorado. This will be developing and continuing. We're going to try and get Paul Andrews on, who's the head of the stock show. I'd love to get Senator Sonnenberg on. I'm good. We've got calls out there as well. So in the coming days as we lead up to the 20th, I'd love to see the governor walk back his proclamation. Um, he's been downplaying it as though, hey, I sign proclamations every day about all kinds of various stuff. But I don't know that you know the repercussions when you do something like that with a platform to discourage an industry that is so near and dear to our hearts here in Colorado. So as we continue to follow this, Governor, I know you watched the show. Um, it'd be great if you just walk that back once again and said, you know what, I was out of place and out of line and, and really embrace what we have here in the great state of Colorado. So thank you guys again for showing up thank here you. today. Thank you. Okay, we'll break. We'll come right back to Studio Kitchen Colorado. The chefs are in the house. We're going to get to cooking. That's what we like to do right here. So we'll break off, come back to Studio Kitchen Colorado. The Modern Eater Show continues. Hey. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? This is Brother Luck from Lucky Dumpling, for by Brother Luck in Colorado Springs, and I am rocking with the Modern Eater. You're watching them, you're tasting them, you're knowing everything there is to know about Colorado. <laughs> Hi, Charlie from Brews Beers here. Our new Belgian Abbey Four Pack is a mixed package of the four core beers made in Abbey and Trappist breweries in Belgium. So we have a single, a double, a triple, and a quadruple in one package. Now, quadruples are the emperors of Belgian monastery ales. They're dark in color uh, with a dense tan head and alcohol ranging from 8 to 12%. So they're pretty strong. Quadruples are very rich and complex with big maltiness, uh, spice, and flavors of raisins, cherries, and plums. Alcohol is apparent in the mouthfeel, but not overwhelming. Uh, even at 10.5% ABV. So the finish is long, complex, and dry, and they're great beers anytime, by themselves or with hearty foods. Pick up your Abbey Four Pack at either Brews location, 67th and Pecos, or at Colfax and York, and at fine liquor stores throughout the Denver metro area. Take home some Belgian-style badassery today. Watching the Modern Eater, and now back to the show. Welcome back to Studio Kitchen Colorado. We'll get back to the kitchen with the Emily Griffith Culinary Quick Start Chefs here in just a second. But I have to tell you about Jeff Rourke and A-Plus Beverage Solutions. The man is a genius when it comes to installing tap lines. He does installation and he also does maintenance because if you're pouring beer, it has to taste like the brewer intended it to taste, Mike. I would think so. Did you know that? Yes. Yeah. So if you're at a restaurant and you see uh, the bartender pouring it into a pitcher and brushing the foam off and then pouring it into a cup, Jeff Rourke wasn't there. He needs to be there to maintain those lines. If you're pouring inefficient beer, what are you doing, Jay? You're pouring your money down the drain. Don't pour your money down the drain. Just get a hold of Jeff Rourke from A-Plus Beverage Solutions. He will do a custom build-out for you, or he'll do maintenance. Whether you're going to add a line, water, wine, coffee, kombucha, 
a nitro line, anything that you want, Jeff Rourke could do it. He's a family man, 20 years in the business, family owned and operated. Uh, give him a shout, 720-272-3809. One more time, Mike, I went too fast. 720-272-3809, that's Jeff Rourke, A plus, Bev uh, a plus Beverage Solutions. Welcome back to the kitchen, Studio Kitchen Colorado. Mike Harper sticks around, and why? This delicious lamb right here, which I've fallen in love with. Somehow I always manage you to ask you to bring lamb with you every time I see and you. So far, I've been good, <laughs> haven't I? Been I've been really I've, good. I've, I've shown up with it, and that looks beautiful. Two beautiful. i got to double-check the rib count. One, two, three, four. Eight, nine rib back on that left one. Ooh, look at that. Chef's, Eight on the right. Chef Mark is nine here with us. Yeah. Have you guys... Uh, we just we visited yeah, a little we just, bit. We just met yeah. early on, yes, and uh, I'm excited to see what these guys are gonna gonna cook up for us for a little snack today. And and Chef uh, Blake, he's giving his uh, voice a rest here today. <laughs> um, okay, here's a treat though, right? You get to see the producer yep. come in with the product uh, yeah. and see the face of agriculture. That's really cool to connect the chef. And the, and the producer. Yeah, it's a very important relationship to have. Absolutely. Um, so, talk about this lamb in particular. Well, this this is Colorado lamb. No, this one lamb. You don't know the name of this? No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> I got to give you, you to give you, me. You took her with you <laughs> the last time you were at the feed yard. Yes, I did. This is a Colorado lamb fed in uh, probably about 60 to up to 90 days on feed. Uh ends up on about a 50 to 55% grain ration. So it's what we call grain-fed, like your grain-fed beef. It should, uh, should be very mild flavor. It's got nice marbling in it. And I'm extremely excited to, uh, to try some when these guys, when these gentlemen get done working their magic. Now lamb, okay, lamb gets a good and a bad rap. Some people say, um, it's too gamey for me. One thing that I've noticed about your lamb in particular, maybe I just love it all together, but it's really got a great flavor to it, a good consistent flavor. Is that the feed that you're that, using? That would be the feed. It's just a, a mild, it just takes, you, know, you talk about uh, grassy flavor or earthy, uh -huh. gamey. I think you're going to get that off of, some, off of grass uh -huh. or, or something. The grain just adds a milder to me. Now, everybody thinks differently, but I've grown up on grain-fed beef and grain-fed lamb and and it's just got a mild taste and it takes flavoring well and uh, you don't need to do a whole lot to it which these gentlemen are they did some lemon zest and some sage and some salt and pepper and and it looks like a simple it's very simple and i think you're going to find it's fantastic when they get done with it take it away what are you going to do yeah this is just kind of the way that uh my mother would prepare like a rack of lamb um, so what we're going to do is I've got some clarified butter here that's just heating up. We're going to sear the lamb uh, on its fatty side. First, give it a flip, uh, and then we're going to coat it in mustard. And um, we're going to use some mustard to kind of adhere this uh, breadcrumb mixture, and then we'll pop it in the oven to finish it off. Um, the breadcrumb mixture is just panko, parsley, chive, uh, sage, lemon zest, capers. Uh, if you have some like anchovy fillets, uh, that would be great in there, uh, and a good amount of garlic as well. Now, this is obviously very familiar to folks, the lamb chops, but the rest of the lamb. <laughs> well, that's always the goal for us, <laughs> is, to, is to move the whole critter. Uh -huh. uh, the rack is typically pretty easy to sell, um, but I, 
that's what I always encourage people to mm-hmm. think outside the box and think about your your lesser uh, valued cuts. I mm-hmm. mean, rack of lamb is very low yielding on a carcass, so it's very high in, in price. But when you can cross cut neck slices mm-hmm. uh, braised, shoulder chops braised and, and baked, and there's so many different options and other avenues to look. Anything with the leg, of course, mm-hmm. shanks. I love lamb shanks. I love and, the hearts, and hearts and sweetbreads oh. and all that. Lots, lots of different. So that's really the goal. And yeah. what these guys can bring to the table is, is they can help you. Mm-hmm. Lamb is, is, is a little bit seasonal. There's certain cuts that work better in the, in the winter than the summer and vice versa. So these guys are really the outlet for us to, to work with and, and help us to ramp up uh, in those times of year when you're not moving, say, mm-hmm. uh, the legs and, and vice versa. So I think to your point earlier, it's just great to be able to get with with these chefs personally and and talk about what we see what they see and and get a little a little better relationship so we can we can do more business create that awareness now so for me colorado lamb what why does that stick out so much is that do other people from other states look at colorado and go okay colorado lamb i believe so colorado lamb is the no i mean Weld County is the number one sheep feeding spot in the nation, so there's more sheep fed here than any place in the country. We're the only state that has two uh, decent-sized lamb harvesting facilities, and it's, and it's probably because historically there's been a lot of sheep here. It's mm-hmm. centrally located in the west, so you can bring lambs from all around you. Uh, but having those two plants and then having these feedlots in the area mm-hmm. and the feed availability, mm-hmm. and in reality, the climate. The climate in Colorado, as much as people might think we're buried in snow most mm-hmm. of the time, we on the Front Range have a pretty mild climate, mm-hmm. typically, and it's ideal for feeding. It's not too hot. We don't see a lot of extreme cold. So it's a it's really a good environment for what we do. Now, what do you do as a producer? Who do you work with? Who are some of the supporting um, members that actually promote Colorado lamb? Are there many out there, or well, is it just a... Mark's here with us today, but Superior Farms is a big, big advocate. Having a plant here in Denver, mm-hmm. and as well as California, and they've got uh, sales uh, groups all across the United States mm-hmm. that they work through. So that's a great, great outlet that way. But working with people like you, for us on a, on a personal basis, getting to know these chefs gives us an opportunity mm-hmm. to create hopefully some more more business for us moving forward so yeah. that's, that's what we're hoping how's for. lamb considered in the kitchen marcus i love using it yeah uh, yeah other chefs are open to it um i think mo- a lot of chefs are open to it uh it's it does have that reputation of being very gamey but i think it's just probably not very well prepared um there's it it can take on it does have a very distinct flavor of its own but it can take on a lot of very aggressive flavors as well um, that's why I think it goes well with like cumin, uh, a lot of spice, uh, and also just very, you know, you can also enjoy it very simply. So there's a huge range of what you can do with lamb, very versatile. And like, like we had mentioned, there's a lot of different cuts that I think a lot of chefs don't utilize. Yes. And I think that's, uh, you know, our job as chefs is to kind of push the market and, uh, uh you know, uh, use the entire animal. Yeah. yeah. Now, and you think about plate costs. Yeah. So that's why some of those lesser cuts more attractive to to the restaurant side if you can create something that out of the norm that's a better value for yeah. you. exactly i know i know beef reigns supreme right um it, but 
it's interesting, you look worldwide, goat is the number one eaten protein worldwide, worldwide. which blows my mind because you think, like, when was the last time you've had goat? Probably two years ago, but a couple years ago. Yeah. How about you, Marcus? Uh, I want to say a couple weeks ago. A couple weeks ago? Yeah. Fantastic. Like, I ate a lot of beer, yeah, like stuff like that. Uh, yeah, I, I enjoy it as well. And creating awareness for other animals, right? I mean, delicious, delicious animals. And goat, there's a goat um, in, is it, it's not Estes Park. The other one that I love, Salida. Um, a goat rancher there as well. It's interesting because we try and get around, when we're doing our trip in Colorado, we try and find a little bit more obscure stuff to tell the stories. But I... I'm struggling to think of too many people that actually are lamb ranchers at all. I'd say <clears throat> there's a lot of lamb ranchers that you don't see and don't really? run into. Yeah. Oh, I think we, we put together a list just for today to talk talking point. I think we buy from around at least 30. 30? Interesting. So there's more out there than you think. That's very interesting. What do you got going on here now, Marcus? So we're just slathering this chop in uh, yep. some uh, mustard, and then we're using that mustard to adhere this breadcrumb mixture. I love what you're doing here. So basically you're giving it a little bit of flavor there, and then you're going to finish this off into the oven. Yep. Huh? We're gonna That's fantastic. Going to use... Now, I don't like my lamb too rare, I'm one, but I, I mean, that's the same with me on beef, too. Um, but a lot of people prefer to eat this pretty rare. I'm with you. I, you? I, I, I think because of the fat content. Now, this um, is a cap off yeah, rack, but because of the fat content, I don't like, I, don't, I, I like the fat crispy hot, but I'm a medium rare meat, mm -hmm. a red hot center. That's what I typically prefer. Mm -hmm. Me too. And on a rack, at times, if I go someplace where I know they have a tendency to cook it a little more rare, uh -huh. I'll order it medium instead of medium rare. But... That's I'm just right me. But a loin chop, I'm medium rare all day long. It just it changes texture and flavor to me when it gets to that point. Yeah. Anything below that, I think it's just, for me, it's lost on me at that point. But I'm always putting this on fire yeah. here. So this, this approach, baking this off. And, and uh, I think the last time we had some lamb in here that you actually brought, we had it frozen. Uh, chefs, you prepared that in here as well on fire. Yeah. Yeah, was, it lamb, was it racks that day as well? It was racks. Okay. Yeah, it was. So what temperature are you going to bake that? And for how long, you think? Um, well, the oven's at 450 right now. Ooh, uh, pretty high. Yeah, what I like to do, honestly, is if we have more time, is uh, <coughs> kind of uh, broil it for, or put it in a really hot oven for about 10 minutes, um, and then pull it out and then just let it rest for 10 minutes, and then put it back into the oven for another 10, and then... Uh, kind of just keep cycling the heat, and that way you have a very, very consistent uh, finish on it. Finish, yes, exactly. Let me tell you about these guys. Culinary Quick Start, Emily Griffith, has teamed up to us. We believe education is making a resurgence right now, and people, as they're ramping up to get back into kitchens right now, Emily Griffith Culinary Quick Start, it's Please. a gimme. It's a three-week course, right, Monday through Thursday, a couple hours in the evenings. Um, it's it's free to anybody who'd like to sign up, and you also come out with some certification as well with the Serve Safe certification. These gentlemen and Marcus, what week are you in the classes right now? We're in between sessions, so uh, you can still sign up for our class, which starts next Monday. Um, so it's the cost is absolutely free. Um, 
we highly encourage uh, you come in and uh, work with us and you know, uh, get your hands on food and get some experience. Uh, but yeah, we're starting next week. We'll get going again next week, so you can sign up as well. If you go to themoderneater.com, there's a tab right there at the top. It says Emily Griffith Culinary Quick, Site, uh, uh, Quick Start. There's a sign-up form there. Please join us if you'd like to. So whether you're getting back into the kitchen, you're knocking the rust off, maybe you've been on the bench for a little while, the skills that you will see in this class is fantastic from Marcus. You start out with knife skills and sharpening to cutting to dicing. Kind of give an idea of what that three-week curriculum looks like. Yeah, we, you know, we always uh, start with the fundamentals, which is knife cuts. So the uh, first week is very heavy on uh, knife skills, but we also teach uh, basic uh, kitchen skills that you'll need as a prep chef or a line chef, uh, such as sauce making, stock making, um, basic following of recipes, uh, and then you know we go all the way to breaking down chicken, breaking down fish as well. It gets pretty intense, actually, and and very thorough with the work that they do. It's cool you get to see it online, but they do encourage you to come in. We'll take a couple of students in here, um, just rotate them in and out. One of the really cool things about this program is is once it's done, they don't just say, "Okay, Sayonara, you're off to the races." They connect you with a career fair so online what we do is we gather restaurants restaurant tours uh, chefs uh, come together and basically say here's some jobs for you <laughs> get ready to go get them and bring them in so get going right away if you're looking to switch careers or maybe you're just uh, fine-tuning yourself it's a great way from a to z to be able to get going again in culinary business how about you what are you up to me yep this week Oh, just shopping for restaurants. <laughs> shopping for restaurants. Um, cool. You guys, we'll finish this up here. Is there something that you wanted to demo as we, got, as we come back, or is that what we're demoing today? Um, yeah. Uh, I've got a salmon filet back there that's on a cure right now. Uh, we'll wash off that cure with a little uh, rice vinegar, and we can uh, uh, slice it up for you guys. That's what we'll do when we come back. Okay, cool. Thanks for the lamb. You're welcome. The lamb chops are I'm going to stick around and help you enjoy it. <laughs> Absolutely. As well, you should. Okay, we'll break away. We'll come right back. You're tuned to The Modern Eater right now, right here from Studio Kitchen, Colorado. Again, please support your local agriculture. Take photos. Uh, if you're in agriculture and, and there's somebody that you admire, just give a little blurb of what they do and a photo of them or maybe a photo of... Um, of just whatever you see in agriculture, whether it's a farm or a ranch, it all intertwines and connects together. The pleasure having the Ulins, uh, the family, come up here today. Uh, truly, I love the guys down there. When we go and visit the Ulins, it's a family. You really get a sense of the togetherness, and it's not an easy thing to keep people engaged in agriculture. Obviously, people want to go. I mean, you're a testament to that. Keeping yeah. people engaged in the family business sometimes it's, it's not, not easy. A lot of them, a lot of them, see how much it takes and and think it might be easier somewhere else. So Absolutely. it's tough, and All a right. testament to people that that hang in there. I'm I'm going to post a picture of you on my Facebook. You're going to be my face of agriculture, and I'm going to rotate it. All right. Absolutely. Thank you, Mike Harper, here with us. Okay, <laughs> we'll continue when we come back. Studio Kitchen, Colorado, with Emily Griffith, Culinary Quick Start. Be right back in a flash. Hey guys, Alex Armitas over at Sam's Number 3 Glendale. You want a Bloody Mary? You want a cheeseburger? You want a breakfast burrito? Greek salad? Bacon gyro meat? Chicken souvlaki? Barbecue ranch salad? We got you covered. Come down and see us. One more time. Try it again. <laughs> 
Hey guys, Alex Armitas over here at Sam's Number 3 Glendale. Now get your ass to themoderneater.com. Thank you so much. We started Meridium Spirits because we love the way that spirits and cocktails can bring people together to socialize, to bond, to have conversations. Well, right now we've got some big conversations to have. Coop Vodka and Coop Gin are available at liquor stores across the metro area, but if you can't find us or would like to have us behind your bar or at your restaurant, send us an email, info at meridiumspirits.com. We know things are a little different these days, but think of us the next time you're planning a virtual happy hour or a socially distant picnic. And keep an eye on our social media, Coop by Meridium, for all the latest and greatest. Hey guys, it's Caroline Glover. I'm the chef owner of Annette out at Stanley Marketplace. Citrus is about to be in its prime. I just want to thank everybody for showing so much support to small local restaurants in this really hard time. And you're watching the Modern Eater Show. <laughs> I'm fine with that. All right, you guys, back to the show in just a second. But before that, I want to talk to you about bread. You hear me say it all the time, aspenbaking.com, aspenbaking.com. I mean that. Aspen Baking Friends is doing uh, some of the greatest stuff in on. the world when it comes to uh, 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 bread, right? Sourdough, hoagie rolls, uh, coffee cakes, pound cakes. They do pizza dough. If you want pizza dough, they'll make your pizza dough. They'll get it to you fresh. They don't freeze it. They don't use chemicals. They don't uh, do the fake colors. They don't do any of that. At AspenBaking.com, they just do bread, and they do it the right way since 1994. Support local. Support AspenBaking.com and get yourself some bread. Now back to the show. Okay, welcome back. It is the first day of March, and uh, geez, the first part of the year is just cruising by, and thank God, as we come up on the one-year anniversary of literally just shutting everything down because of COVID. Um, Studio Kitchen Colorado, we're trying to come up with a hashtag, something that when we do feature uh, folks in ag that we can all come together so we can hit that hashtag whether it's on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. If you have a suggestion, throw it on the stream or just email us, uh, themoderneater at gmail.com. We'd love to have your feedback of what that hashtag should be. So start thinking of what you would like to post because we'd love to challenge each and every one of you to take it upon yourself to feature somebody in Colorado Ag. It's very important right now that we show that awareness. Back to the kitchen with Chef Marcus. Uh, Chef Marcus Eng here with us as well. Seattle Fish Company brought some delicious fish just a few days ago, but yep. you had different plans for this right here. What are you doing with this yeah, salmon? Yeah, uh, so we, uh, when the Seattle Fish Company uh, dropped us by, it's a Scottish salmon. Um, they showed us how to break down and fillet a fish, which was awesome to see them break it down super quickly. Um, but what we're going to do is, uh, I've got this on cure, and we're just... Okay, what, on cure, is that like... Um, we're preserving it. Okay. Yeah, so we're getting it to a state where um, we can either throw it in the freezer or just eat it as is, but we want to prolong the shelf life of the fish. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, what we do by or what we do to cure it is I've just more than lightly seasoned the fish on both sides. Mm -hmm. um, so I've given it a good amount of salt. Uh, you can see that moisture that's kind of leaching to the surface of the fish there. It's sweating. Yes, exactly. So what we're gonna do? Kind of like I was earlier. <laughs> we're just gonna take some paper towels 
and blot off this extra moisture. So kind of while you're doing this, you, you, you explain why. Um, well, we're trying to wick away the moisture that is going to cause, like, spoilage. Gotcha. Um, and then what we're going to do is we're going to rinse this off in uh, a solution of rice vinegar and water. And then we're just going to take the skin off and... Uh, I'm actually going to freeze this for 48 hours just to kill whatever uh, parasites are left. Interesting. All right. So, um, and you can see how much moisture just came off of there. So what we're going to do, just give this a little bath. And you can leave it in the solution for, you know, another half hour, hour. Um, I'm really just trying to wash the excess salt off. So I'm not going to leave this in here for very long. All right. Incredibly interesting. And this is actually how um, like a sushi restaurant would prepare their salmon too. Uh, people don't, you know, people don't really think of um, their salmon as being uh, cured or processed prior to being sliced, but uh, it, it firms up the texture and uh, it prevents parasites. Interesting, interesting. And so when people say sushi-grade fish, what do they mean? Um, they mean? They mean fish that is of a quality, to, it's, it's a rather dubious term, uh, but they assume it's a fish of quality to uh, where you're not going to get sick if you eat it raw. Be able to eat it raw, yeah. right? And and so this process, I didn't. Are they doing this with all fish? Uh, well, a lot of sushi restaurants will kind of cure fish or at least process them in a way that makes them safe to eat. Um, all the tuna that you get at sushi restaurants are like deep frozen for at least 48 hours to kill parasites. Um, Did and not most know of that. The, and most of the fish that you get is actually uh, instant quick frozen on the boat. So uh, you can actually play with different flavor profiles based on how long you cure your fish for. Um, but I think there's a kind of a misconception that yeah. it's, you know, fresh off the boat. Yeah. I mean, truly, because um, until minutes ago, that's <laughs> what I thought. All right. So uh, I'm going to actually just grab a larger cutting board here, and then we're going to take this. And again, these are some of the things that you will learn from the uh, courses of Culinary Quick Start, Emily Griffith Culinary Quick Start. It really is uh, cool to see these guys work. And um, the classes, I don't know, what are they, about an hour and a half each evening? Yeah, they start at uh, 5.30 and then they go to 7.30 and uh, we go a little bit longer on Thursdays. But classes go from uh, Monday to Thursday. All right, here we go, Chef Marcus Ng. So at this point, what's next? Uh, we're going to get it dry again. Uh, we always want to just make sure that we're getting as much of that moisture off as we can. And then I'm just going to cut it in half here to make it a little bit easier to skin. And then we'll kind of cut this into uh, blocks. So we can just freeze it and then pull one block out at a time uh, whenever we want to eat some salmon crudo. And you th so salmon, is it important to remove that skin? I know some people like to prepare it, or I, I mean, I do anyway. I do as when well. I grill it, I keep the skin on. Mm -hmm. um, is that just a preference thing? Uh, yeah. I, if I'm eating uh, salmon raw, 
It's, I'm not going to eat it with the skin. Right. Uh, it, it is a very good skin to eat, especially if you can get it nice and crispy mm -hmm. and uh, kind of render some of that fat underneath the skin. But we, we are going to remove it today. All so, right. So, um, actually. What's the, it, it's interesting is when I shop for salmon or fish in, in general at the grocery store, I always tend to want to get this portion of mm -hmm. the fish, but I've been told this is the most flavorful, um, but obviously cooks up much quicker. What's your favorite portion? I tend to prefer kind of centered cut. Yeah. Um, just because you get a very nice looking block of fish. Mm -hmm. I'll save uh, the, the tail pieces for like a stew or a soup or like a chipino, something mm -hmm. like that. So it doesn't go to waste, but if I'm just eating a piece of fish on a plate, uh, I prefer mine center cut just because it looks a little bit prettier and it cooks a little more consistently. So you cut that all the way through? All the way through. And it's just I don't have a, a super long slicer to get it all, but we're just going to remove this and we're going to do that by just... Okay, the cool technique that you've started out mm -hmm. with. Uh, it's something to grip, right? Yeah, exactly. So we're just going to Really just let the, and you can let the knife do the work and kind of angle it down and just go back and forth here. And then we're just pulling the skin to keep it nice and tight. Well, you're not losing much meat at all, did you? Look at that. Well so done. We can uh, dehydrate this actually. Um, scrape the, what's left of the meat off, dehydrate it, and then you can fry it as like a chicharron. Okay. Thought you could make shoes or something. <laughs> and then this we're just going to cut into blocks. Just like that. So we're going to just wrap this up into uh, in some... some uh, plastic wrap and then we'll freeze this for about 48 hours and again uh, the texture will improve I love it can't wait to actually um, so I'm just gonna trim this belly off right now and you are one of the chefs and, and many actually but um, you're a very big advocate of minimal waste yeah um, you know I, I've always said if it's going in the trash can you can't make money on it and um, there's a lot of really delicious uh, kind of delicacies that aren't always on the menu, but you can if you you know have an open mind and want to utilize the f the entire fish. Uh, there's definitely some good eatings that are not exactly uh, high on the hog, I guess would be the the expression. That's amazing. Some of the chefs, uh, one of the chefs that I really admire, and his work is Kyle Mendenhall, who's with the little big red F right now, but mm -hmm. it's with uh, Arcana in Boulder. Yep. And on his menus, I mean, literally, this, this would be on the menu, this fish skin. And he'd make culinary delight out of things that you would think, oh, that would just make it into the trash can, right? Exactly. Uh, like I said, those chicharrones are delicious. They're a great snack, and it, it's not hard to do either. Um, just that having that know-how is very, very nice. So... Um, I tend to like leave some of the silver, silver on. Some people uh, will slice it off just for aesthetic purposes. 
wrap those babies up and then they're ready for you. Yes, right? sir. So you can keep them frozen or, or when ready for use, right? Yeah, now, uh, just pull them the next day. Sure. Integrity of, of fish in general, and you, you think about it, but most things are always frozen. But does freezing do anything to the integrity of a protein? Um, to, yes, to a certain degree. Uh, you don't want to, there's some proteins you don't really want to freeze. Uh, and then how long? How long can you leave it in the freezer for? I would do it for maybe 48 hours, something like that. Um, like I said, I, it's, it's a good really storage. you really want to get to, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's definitely a, a limit, and it depends on how it's stored, too. If it's vacuum sealed, it's yeah. going to last a bit longer. But the, then, like, the lamb chops, how long can you, how long can you freeze lamb chops for? Six months? It's about the thing. I always look in my freezer and I go, geez, I got to eat that. It yeah. just builds up in there. All right, so we're just going to wrap these blocks up and uh, pop it in the freezer, and we'll enjoy this a little bit later. But that lamb is almost, that lamb's probably ready to be. No way. Well, we'll put a probe in it and see where we're at. That lamb cannot be done. It Here's smells we'll delicious. Do. So you're just going to wrap those up and they'll be ready for the freezer yeah. at this point? Okay, cool. Uh, again, Emily Griffith, Culinary Quick Start. It's always a pleasure to have these folks in here with us on Monday, um, just sharpening up the skills. I know Jay Parker, as he's here with you every single evening for the class, he walks away just like I do going, you know what, these are great things to know. Jay, you got your mic on? Yes, I but, do. Just give a little bit of thought on what, what they do here in the evenings. Uh, it's... <sighs> In a word, it's it's just amazing, right? So uh, I, I know you may be like, hey, man, they're just you're cooking. But when you see somebody make focaccia bread from start to finish and taste it and taste how amazing it is and, and how it, it's not a difficult thing, right? It's just, But there is discipline involved, and you have to set the, the time aside to, to, to make it. But like you said, Greg, as I sit here and, and I'm just doing their cameras for them and all that and staying out of the way, I'm, I'm learning to the point of taking notes, right, or then after the show. Proof. It. Okay, well, well, that's what we call a, a small lie, but <laughs> mental notes. How about that? Okay, yeah, don't act like you know me, Greg. Don't, don't act like you know me. Um, but it truly is. It, it, it's it's if you're somebody that enjoys cooking, right, or you're looking at it as a career, the the culinary quick start is literally the first thing you should do because the price is right. It doesn't cost you anything. And if you, and if, if you have the time, you come down to the kitchen, you get hands-on with two incredible chefs who have been chefing a long time. It, it can change your mind about, well, about culinary. Change your life for sure. It's a pleasure having them in the kitchen. What we're going to do is we're going to break away and come back. We have a video to play. I think uh, Juan Padro took the lead on this video, didn't he? Yes. All right. I know that if you saw the show on Friday, we're at Nurture. Which camera am I looking at here? Are those things, yeah, those lights are which giving me to, the main one, top, top, top one. Top, top one. camera? Yeah, top If one. you saw Friday's show, you saw us over at Nurture. Now, I'm in I'm love right. with this facility. Nurture is a facility. It's kind of um, just practitioners on a la carte kind of concierge medicine that really believes in stepping forward with uh, uh, nature first to see what happens. Um, these guys have got it licked. They are um, well ahead of the game. We got to visit with a couple of doctors, and they're doing something right now that I believe, I don't know, with the seasons or whatever, to get a reset on your body. We're going to start a cleanse, and Mike Harper's already giving me hell for it. Um, 
but that's okay. It's a three-day, seven-day. You can continue on. There's a lot involved in it, and you can join us as well. Or when you're ready at your own accord. Uh, in the fridge, we have boxes, right, Jay? Mm-hmm. Prepared. Mm-hmm. Uh, pre- what did I, I think I yeah, the pre, yeah, pre, pre prepared. I picked them up this morning. And um, you can do this too. But this video that we're going to show you right now is Juan Padro picking up with Jay at Nurture. And uh, I think you'll find it very, very interesting. We'll break, we'll come back, play that. And then I think by that time, the lamb will be out and we'll have some lamb here. Oh, I could, you could smell. <laughs> he opened the door, man, and it was like a, sl- a delicious slap in the face, man. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, break away, come back. That's what you'll see from Nurture. Juan Padro with the ladies and Jay today. This was this morning. So break away, come back and play you that. Thanks. Hi, I'm Amber with Strohauer Farms. And I'm just here to remind you that the best potatoes are grown here in Colorado. Goodness elevated. Thanks for watching the Modern Eater Show. (laughs) Hey, Zach Ryder here, Colorado Mills Sunflower Products out of Lamar, Colorado. Your only local source grown from a local crop to produce a local oil for local chefs. You can find it at Shamrock Foods, What Chefs Want, Seattle Fish Company. Uh, let me try it one more time, then we'll see. Hey, restaurants, we're glad you're reopening from Colorado Mills Sunflower Oil. We'll see you soon. <laughs> First, we partner with the best farmers in the world, and then we tell them, we will take it all. Process whole spices daily, Blend custom spices to order. Keep it fresh, safe, and flavorful. All so that you can get back to doing what you do best. So whether you're a restaurant, a food manufacturer, or an at-home cook, be sure to visit The Spice Guy at www.thespiceguyco.com. Hey, Modern Eater fans. I'm Don Trobo with The Annex by Art at Mills, and I just wanted to give you a heads up about some of the great things we've got going on locally in the state. We're headquartered right here and we're working with farmers in the San Luis Valley to bring you amazing Colorado quinoa. It's just like the South American stuff, but grown locally. We've got transitional wheat flour that's grown by farmers in Colorado and surrounding states who are in the process of of turning their fields into organic. So we're taking that transitional wheat and turning it into flour and now it's available for you to cook and bake with. And last but not least, we're now cleaning grain berries in Denver. So things like spelt or wheat berries uh, or pearl barley, those are things that we're now doing right here locally and are available to you. Can't wait to share it with you. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jeff Nations from Aspen Baking Company. It's really important right now to support local. That's why I support the Modern Eater. Now, back to the show. Hey, everybody. Juan Padro with the Modern Eater Show, and we are at Nest in the Nurture Well Care Marketplace on Spear and Federal in Denver, one of my favorite places to come in Colorado. Uh, and guess what? I'm doing a cleanse. Seven <laughs> days. And most of you don't know this. Uh, I typically cleanse probably every four to six weeks, but usually a three-day juice cleanse. And I was introduced uh, to Elizabeth and Kelly, and uh, they're just, they, they taught me a better way. So I'm pretty excited to, uh, you know, talk with you ladies and welcome to the show and, uh, and get everybody super excited to watch what happens to me over these seven days. Um, and uh, we're going to track it and we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm going to share with you my results, uh, how I feel, and, uh, and hopefully, 
you know, I get a little more guidance from uh, from Kelly and Elizabeth, and we are, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty excited about this. Look at all this. So let's talk. Kelly, yeah. how yeah. are you? Doing well. Thanks so for having me on the show. Elizabeth. Hi. How What's are you? Happening? What's up? Yeah. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, Kelly, uh, Kelly and I actually worked together for, uh, for six years. Uh, and then you came into this incredible project over here. Uh, tell us about it. Yes. So Nurture is a health and wellness marketplace. So all things self-care. This first floor here is all things um, open air and marketplace. We have cafe, some retailers, fitness expressions, and then upstairs is where all of the providers are. Um, so when you can you find providers. What do you mean by that? Yes. So everything yeah. from massage therapists, acupuncturists, uh, concierge, um, primary care, uh-huh. uh, pediatric care, right. uh, holistic care, nutritionist, dietitianist, uh, full herbal um, apothecary. Stretch therapy. I mean, Mental it's rather health. infinite um, okay. in terms of, so however you so define you self-care, in, we've captured it. You can basically it. walk in, come to Nest in the morning, get yeah. your smoothie, do a little bit of work, go get a treatment, come back, hang out for lunch a little bit, go do another sit in a salt cave. Yes. Get a workout Go get in. stretched. Yes. You know? Okay. And then have a glass so of wine. Whole, uh, and then have a glass of wine. You do have happy yeah. hour here. So it's not yeah. all just strictly... Um, uptight health. It's yes. a fun place to be. Well, that's exactly what we've tried to create is that we can take care of ourselves and it doesn't need to be in a, you know, whether it be a pretentious or sterile or medical environment. We've taken mm-hmm. the same services that, that, you know, we're not recreating. We're just recreating the container and the experience so that it becomes every day because, you know, we believe that we should be taking care of ourselves every day, you know, not just as a, as a luxury or something that we do when something's broken. Got it. Um, so, yeah. Elizabeth, tell me a little bit about your background because I know you moved here. I think you're from New York. You yeah. went to L.A. You ended up in Denver. Yeah. Uh, this is a lot of your creation. Tell us about it. Um, as far as the food, food experience? Nest. Okay, yeah. So in the kitchen, my hello, my background's in uh, nutrition, in um, holistic healthcare. And so we created all the dishes to um, be functional nutrition. So in the back, it's all you know, combinations of food, what makes different nutrients more bioavailable. And um, what you get to receive is like a delicious salad or a dosa, but on our end, it's very intentional. It's very for your body um, to be able to become its best self. Okay, so I, I just go and uh, I'm, I'm gonna go eat at Hillstone and I'm gonna get their kale salad, right? Yeah. And I think I'm eating super healthy. Yeah. Okay. and. There's probably some health benefits yes. to it, but what's the difference between just going to get a salad somewhere else and like what you're making here? Um, so, for instance, the kale salad you're getting at Hillstone, and I'm not demonizing any restaurants, but just from working in the restaurants a bit, um, you think you're getting something super healthy, but it turns out the salad dressing is made with processed oils, and so you've just taken something really, really healthy and you've like doused it in kerosene. Whereas here, we're very in- we don't compromise certain ingredients. It's mostly organic. Um, definitely, our oils we don't compromise. We don't compromise sugars. We don't compromise flours. All of there's no processed ingredients whatsoever. Whereas a commercial restaurant usually and to survive like I understand why restaurants like you know cut costs on certain products um, uh, they cut costs on oils and so you're potentially eating something that's healthy which at, at least you're getting your kale in right but you're also getting some um, it could be worse. Oils. right it could be worse right okay so um, breakfast lunch and dinner here yeah we 
Breakfast and lunch for sure. Okay. A lot of our items are transitional into dinner. So you can get a salad, you can get a bowl, you can get a dosa, which is certainly a dinner okay. or lunch portion. Um, but just given our operating hours right now, our kitchen's open till five and happy hour is until seven. Okay. Uh, we, we are excited to share that we will move forward uh, into dinner service mm -hmm. come summer-ish. And you, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I want to I ask a couple more questions about the cafe, and then we'll get into the cleanse. Um, you do meal prep as well, yeah. right? Yes. I just noticed that out there. So can you yeah. tell me a little bit about that, Elizabeth? Sure. <laughs> uh, we do an exclusive menu for families and individuals. It's offered, um, the pickup is on Monday. You get the menu on Monday when you uh, receive your delivery, and it's two entrees, and then you can add on from the restaurant's menu and our grab-and-go section from there. And I think we're working on a produce box as well. So it's kind of a one-stop shop. You can get your groceries. You can get entrees for however many people are in your household. Um, and there's always a plant-based option and a animal protein-based option. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's and the same. The idea behind it is that you have the same um, quality of ingredients in terms of how they're sourced and how they're, you know, uh, how the recipes are developed so that they're again functional functional mm. nutrition and they're delicious um, and and cost effective too so you can get the same organic yeah. prepared meals prepared by you know a holistic health practitioner right um, and the team for sure and and yeah and then they're prepared for you so it just takes the ease off and then you get the variety too so okay a lot of our um, our customers for the prepared meal service are also our you know our everyday customers but they right. want that variety so really it kind of meets both of those needs Amazing. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We got to talk about this cleanse because, right. you know, like I said, I've been cleansing for probably six years, every four to six weeks, but it's just like a three-day juice cleanse I do. And some days I do three days, and some days I do I do two days and a half day and a half day to wean off it because I'm in the restaurant industry. And, right. and you know, I mean, obviously I'm going to, after I'm done with my cleanse, I walk back into a restaurant, I have a glass of wine, I eat something, and, you know, my body kind You're of... You're human. Right. Yes. So um, I did this three-day this and I'm going to do seven days now. Yeah. yeah. I did this as a three-day cleanse. Yeah. How was that? And it, wa it was great. I thought it sort of like, I felt like my body just sort of like heated up a little bit and kind of ignited. I, I'm not somebody that like sweats a lot in the gym and stuff like that. And um, my, my pores were opening up and I don't know. It, Your it, body it, was getting rid of toxins. Yeah. My body was detoxifying for sure. And, uh, and I wasn't, um, one of the things with, with just a straight juice cleanse is sometimes I get headaches. I might get... Um, you know, I might get hungry. Yeah. Uh, I didn't. I didn't really experience that with this, which I was very surprised with. Mm -hmm. So that's why I agreed to do the seven-day thing. So, um, and the other thing was, uh, they usually like label them. You know, one, two, three, four, five, six. I get it and stuff like that. But you know, you guys have bone broths and smoothies, and you have a soup that you do. Um, so, it sort of changed the way I was. I was uh, thinking about cleanses. Mm -hmm. Is that you know, really, it's 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 more than just juice you know there's mm -hmm. stuff that you can do that uh is really really healthy for you that can um i think you, that, that, that that's that's i don't know sustenance is that the word yeah. i'm looking mm -hmm. for you know mm -hmm. so really cool so why don't we walk through some of this stuff and yeah. uh and you guys tell me a little bit about um a, tell me what it is first because <laughs> you've got orange smoothies and blue smoothies and yeah. green smoothies and red juices and green juices and charcoal waters and can we start from the top yeah let's go yeah so, so how do we do it Yes. What's the order? Yes. So I would like to preface this by saying, too, for anybody who's confused, you will get a sheet that comes with it. So that you are you have your schedule and you know exactly what to do every single day. So you're not we're not you don't just pick this up and we're like, go, you will get exactly what to do. But just to verbalize it. Yes, of it. course. So it with this sheet also contains each of the ingredients or each of the 
parts of the of the cleanse and it lists all of the ingredients and and then the functional purposes of each of the the cleanse items and then as beth was saying whether you purchase a one day a three day a five or a seven day cleanse it walks you through at what time and what item you're having so for example for the first day you start with your onyx like you'll start with every day this is your uh your detox juice if you want to expand on on any of these properties in here yeah absolutely it has uh, activated charcoal in it so the idea is while you're sleeping your body is doing its own detox process and it's accumulating all of the toxins or food or whatever it doesn't need from the night before and it's kind of like sitting there ready for elimination and then the charcoal goes in there and binds with all of it and just helps the elimination process and it has a lot of lemon in it too which I always say is like you know you take a shower every single day lemon is like internal soap so it's like why not take a shower on the inside every single day so that's why yeah they always tell you to do like a lemon water when you wake yeah. up yeah water. yeah and I would recommend that on our cleanse as well okay. I'm glad you brought that up because yeah. I always say even before you get to this just have a big glass of lemon water and if you're someone who needs that reminder put it like on your nightstand or whatever you have by your bed the night before awesome. yes so the things that stay consistent through the or through the cleanse are the um, the juices and the broths, and then you have the variety with the smoothies and the soups. So those change each day. I'd say for me, Which, can um, I say that's a cool thing? Yeah, you know what I'm saying just you know because it, the monotony. That's is, the hardest is, thing for it's, me. And it's, it's not necessarily a physical challenge. That's a mental challenge. For yeah, me. right. you know what I'm saying. Right. So a lot of this like is a looking mental challenge. It was like oh my god, I have to look forward to this tomato soup. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so good. Yeah, 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 so. yeah. and that piece, and it, and then even temperature and consistency. So with cleanses, especially in the winter, doing mm -hmm. a cold, just a cold juice cleanse is hard. Yeah. like ayurvedically, it's hard on your body. Um, and with this, yeah. you have yes, you have your cold, you know, your cold pressed juices, and then your smoothie. But then at the top of the, you know, your lunch hour at noon, you have um, that warm, comforting soup, which you, really you helps. You said something that I don't really understand. So you said Ayurvedically, mm -hmm. it's hard on your body just to put cold. In the winter. In the winter time. So Ayurvedic okay. is all about eating seasonally. Okay. And so if it's cold outside and you're eating a lot of cold things, you're freezing your, in your digestive system and your internal okay. system. So it's kind of going against. Okay. But, uh, you know, in the summer, that's why I think juice cleanses are really easy in the summer is because it's hot and your body wants that cool, that you know, the cooling mm -hmm. temperature. Okay. But just because this is our winter cleanse, um, like Kelly was saying, the broths and the soups we purposely put in there yeah. for so the medicinal factor, but also for the temperature. And this is something that's just going to constantly be evolving. And it's just because yeah. it's based off of what the ingredients are, not necessarily the specific juice. Um, yes. That too. The, yes, that too. The soups, will, um, <coughs> sorry. So the cleanse is offered year round and the smoothies and the juices will stay the same as well as the broth. The soups will probably go into cold soups yeah. during the summer. Okay, mm -hmm. cool. Yes. So, so what are these other beautiful juices? Yes. Yeah, so you start with your onyx and then, um, and then you have your clean and green smoothie, which is like nice substance in the morning. That's yours. He's actually this due. You guys want to see me start my cleanse? For his, so, uh, for his smoothie. <laughs> I hope you downed your onyx. I did. Okay, good. I drank my onyx. <laughs> I saved this because I'm really hungry. <laughs> and this is pretty delicious. Yeah. So what's going on here? So you have every single green that you can think of in there. You've yeah, got it looks really healthy. Yeah, <laughs> yes, it is. It's full of chlorophyll. Look at that. Okay. Um, you've got spirulina, which is that darker green on top, which is 60% protein. So, And also there's hemp seed mixed into okay. the body of it, which so is a little bit of protein. You just said, let's, yeah. let's stop right there. Mm -hmm. Protein. <laughs> yeah. We're in Colorado. Everybody yeah. works out. And they yeah. hike. And they do, I can't, yeah. I can't cleanse. I'm not going to get any protein. Yeah. Tell me. Well, you can cleanse without protein. That is a myth. Like, your body is a lot stronger. 
we again want you to be able to stay on the cleanse. For me, the, the reason why people don't cleanse or they're afraid of cleanses or they get off of it and they feel bad about themselves is that they feel like they're feeling hungry and they're okay. feeling like they're missing out. Whereas this this purpose is to give you liquids so that it's pre-digested, not necessarily take out all the protein. Okay. So we're doing really light plant-based proteins, unless you pick the, the chicken broth, to just give your body a little bit more. So what are the, and this isn't necessarily specific to the cleanse, but I yeah. think people would want to know this. Yeah. What are the plant-based proteins that closest uh that, that are closest to like a meat protein that you feel like you're going to get that are going to absorb into your muscles the most is it the same or is it like people say it's a little this the similarly most similar into the amino acid profile for meat is going to be soy and obviously get organic soy it, do not touch it if it's not organic but yep. that's the most similar as far as the spectrum okay. of um, the um variety of amino acid protein amino proteins amino acids mm -hmm. which are proteins yeah so but hemp seeds you know like it takes, I think, three tablespoons have 11 grams of protein, for instance. This probably has two. Right. Not even. And yep. so it's very light protein. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. This is delicious, by the way. I'm gonna, I hope you don't mind. I'm going to drink this no, while down I continue, that. Drink it all. I continue to talk. So. Uh, so okay. So the smoothies. Yeah. Go. So mid-morning, 930, you have your smoothie, which is like, which is a nice breakfast, if you will. You get that sustenance to carry, sustenance to carry you through until noon. And then it's not out here, but we serve the, the soups at noon. Um, and so they come in a nice, like, pre-measured container. So all you're doing is, is warming them up. Um, so mine were, I actually had, so on my three-day cleanse, I think I had one tomato. And it was a, kind of like a hearty tomato puree. Yeah. It was a, almost like ate like a bisque or something like that. Yeah. And, and then I had, a, I think it was carrot and ginger. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. It was either that or squash. Carrot, I think, yeah. It was it carrot ginger? I don't know. Been. I don't know. It was delicious. <laughs> either way. That was, um, that was orange. And yeah. I, and, and they were actually like... Uh, not brothy. They were because we get the broth yeah. here, right? Like a puree. So kind of like a heavy year. Yeah. yeah. Like baby I fruit. felt like that filled me up enough. So that was good. <laughs> yes. And that's why I personally like it too is so that you have your juice in the morning and then your, your smoothie and your soup. So as you're building up through like the peak of your day when you need the most calories physically, mentally, you're, you're carried that way with that. Versus with juice, I crash and then yeah. I'm unhappy. I'm not yeah. able to be deliberate with decision making or anything. And I need, I need these calories and I need the nutrients to power me through my day. Um, well, you know, with, yeah. And I was going to say uh, to that point too, with juices too, if you're, and I'm not demonizing all juice cleanses, like my parents went on a 60 day juice cleanse. They were, they looked amazing, but sometimes too, when you, <laughs> I, days. they did 61 cause they forgot about it, which is why I learned about variety. Like you you were speaking to is mm -hmm. that I asked them like how, how they were able to sustain it. And my mom was like, I had to pick a new like uh, juice every single day to keep it going. But anyway, sometimes that you, you experience a crash after the juices is that most juices are mostly sugar. So you spike your blood full of fructose, <laughs> which is very taxing on the liver. And the liver is what takes care of all your detox. You should just drink tequila if you want to tax your liver. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Like okay. why waste the calories? <laughs> um, but yeah, so a lot of the times too, you, you experience a crash because your blood sugar has gone way up and then it comes way back down. Yeah. So it's nice to have that you know, the soup at noon. And then after that, you're followed by the, the two juices. And all of our juices are 16-ounce portions, um, which uh, is... How do they get the... Okay, this blows my mind. <laughs> right? How, first of all, they don't separate, and they hardly ever barely... They will. The last time. They, not as much as other ones. 
Well, and then, you have to shake yes. it. And then these colors. What is going on here? This is like art. Nice observation. So My what blood. you're noticing, which these will separate because that happens naturally, mm -hmm. but not as much because a lot of uh, juices that you'll typically see are, uh, they'll use a, things like celery and cucumber to get because you get a lot of liquid from right. them. Mm -hmm. You know, and so that's where you see a lot of that separation. Whereas these are, you know, in 12 bottles, for to make 12 bottles of this juice, for example, we're using eight pounds of spinach for eight pounds of kale. Yeah, because celery doesn't have any and redeeming for people who don't quality, know, it's a lot. Right? Other than right. the fact that, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it does, it does, for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. Celery is like a really great source of okay. a lot of vitamins and minerals, but specifically sodium. And I think salt has gotten demonized, but sodium is an electrolyte. You need that for cellular communication. And so sodium's a really, uh, celery has a very pure and beautiful okay, source perfect. of sodium, yeah. That's good to know. But to Kelly's point, like restaurants will flood it with other celery or cucumber just for the volume. cheap, and it's mostly water. Mm -hmm. So this so is really, really packed with like chlorophyll and again, like spinach and kale have a bits of protein in it as well. Yes. So that's your malachite. And then this beautiful, beautiful juice to your point, the ruby. Um, so beets, turmeric, fennel, pear, orange, um, pear, orange. Yes. Is this juice uh, and it's delicious. It's still to me. This is like my yeah. favorite one. It's a treat. And it's also it has it's some the like dessert of the cleanse. I feel like, right? Yes, it's it like the dessert. <laughs> yeah. And instead, um, this one has like a bite to it. Like it's a little bit thicker. And that's from the, the pectin, the natural pectin that you'll find What's in the orange and okay. got orange and lemon peel. Yeah. Um, which can thicken this juice up a little bit. But again, it gives you that mouthfeel that you're looking for that where you find that like satiating sip, you know, especially in a cleanse. But Beth, can you speak to pectin a little bit? Well, pectin um, found in a lot of fibrous uh, citrus fruits and other vegetables and things like that. But it's um, specifically for the orange pectin. We love it because it feeds your gut bacteria. It's like the prebiotic for your probiotics. Okay. Can I, I, w I do want to actually, <laughs> I, I do want to talk about that because gut health, I feel like is like the most important thing. Like, to, yeah, it, it kind of boosts your immune system the most. It does everything. Right. And, like, and I felt like um, in three days I noticed a huge difference on this. What did you notice, Juan? What's that? What did you notice specifically? Well, <laughs> typically when you do juice cleanses, it's like flush, flush, flush. Right. And here I just felt like, I don't know, I mean... That wasn't necessarily the case. It wasn't just a flushing process. It was a whole elimination yeah. process. It was an elimination process. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. So this, I mean, like, again, you, if you give your gut um, prebiotics for your probiotics, you're building up a healthy bacteria in your gut, which is going to affect your brain health. It's going to affect your immune system, like you were saying, your metabolism, your liver, everything. I mean, we are just on the cusp of understanding what the gut is. And if yeah. anybody tells you they know 100%, they're just lying yeah. you straight out. Mm. Um, but we do know that we're outnumbered by like 20 to 1 with all, more than that, I think, with all the gut bacteria, all the microbes that are living in our gut. Yeah. So like this needs to be happy or this will not be happy. <laughs> and that helps with breaking down food too. Oh, right? yeah. Oh, my gosh. We should talk a little sure. bit about that because, I mean, I feel like, you know, people who eat like processed meats and stuff like that and they, they – that doesn't get broken down. You get bloated, and then you have mm -hmm. all kinds of problems. So having yeah. having a good uh, the good bacteria in your in in your gut like right, really breaks that down. But right? you have to feed it so it can do its job. So right. it's like we all are going like I'm craving pizza or mac and cheese or like all mm -hmm. these things, and your bacteria needs fiber. So it's like where the fuck is my broccoli, people? Like yeah. feed me, you <laughs> yeah. know. So it, you have to be able to you know 
whatever you like in, as far as fiber and vegetables, mm -hmm. and please keep it whole foods, like the, the fiber powder is like, I mean, unless yeah. it's selenium husk, but because um, you need the whole food, A, for probiotics. You can't just take probiotic pills because it will sporadically drop and it will feed poor bacteria as opposed to like everything. But um, yeah, you need fiber to feed your gut bacteria. They have to yeah. stay alive and healthy. Right. So awesome. This is like such an educational process. <laughs> good. All right. Like, let's talk bone broth. You will so, get a quiz after this, people. So once you get through your, your juices in the afternoon, yeah. uh, your your dinner is broth. So we have a plant-based umami broth that's made with tons of mushrooms, uh, turmeric, ginger, uh, tons of immunity-boosting um, ingredients as well. And then uh, and then the chicken bone broth as well. So if you're looking for more of that, like that fat and that sustenance uh, and collagen Collagen's as well, your you'll get that. And yeah, collagen's a hot word, so you might want to yeah. say that one more time. It makes you look hot. <laughs> Let me tell you, it's for your skin, so you will look yeah. hot. So that was good for me when I did it. It was like nice and warm. It was like I was kind of hanging out, watching sports on TV and sipping on my bone broth and. It was a good way to end my night. And then I, I also slept better in three days, yes. yeah. which I think is an amazing thing. So, all right. So here's the deal. Seven day. This is day one, right? Yeah. And we're going to yeah. track this and we're going to kind of yeah. see, I think, let, you know, whatever. Everybody wants to lose weight, right? But that's not the real th reason why we do this. So we want to, but we will talk about that. We'll talk about uh, flexibility, which typically is a big thing for me. Um, and then just overall, like how I'm sleeping and, um, you know, how I'm feeling. After your clarity. Days. My I want you to pay clarity. attention yeah. to your clarity. Okay. Like how you're like purposeful in your decision-making process, your ability to like move forward with, with okay. all, because I found that for me, the, the biggest benefit of the cleanse, like, yes, I dropped like 10 pounds in a week yeah. and just shed that, that layer that yeah. is a, an amazing byproduct of doing a cleanse. But really when you take all of the energy that's typically consumed in the digestive process by having pre-digested foods, uh -huh. you know, it allows for so much more energy and, and clarity. Right. Uh, I was able to work out through the cleanse, slept yeah, like I'm a excited. baby, I'm, like I'm a good baby. I'm going to do a week, seven straight days of Tabatas. You are not. Yeah. I, need so that's I wouldn't go into more of like, I would, I would keep it more low intensity. Try it though. I'm Here's the thing it. is you should try I it. See I challenge goes. you to try <laughs> yeah. it. I want to hear about I do, it. <laughs> I do have a backup plan for two days of yin yoga in case There you go. Okay. okay. But, um, so. can, I, can I share that you should be doing lots of just like stretches for den for detox? So tell Joe, are you working out with yeah. Joe? Tell Joe to do a bunch of like limp stretches. Trainer Joe. To yeah. help. Yeah. Yeah. Tense. All right. As well. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I do want to say like for you as well too, for anybody else who cleanses, the first, especially like I found day two and three, you get very lethargic and low energy and you kind of have to think about it like you put your body on vacation. Like when you go on yeah. vacation, right? If you've been working hard, which most of our bodies have, especially with all the stress that's going on. Uh -huh. um, you know, like the first two days on vacation, you crash. You you like all you want to do is sleep. So it's going to kind of happen to you on this cleanse as well. Okay. And then day like four or five is when your body starts to really pick up the energy and awesome. get all that energy away. So I would love for you to track that as well. I'm going to track it all. And Kay. you guys are awesome. Thank so wait, can I also ask you yep. to wait? <laughs> I need you. Sorry, I need you to weigh in. I did. I weighed in last this morning. Okay, so you track that. Okay, yep. good. Because I was gonna say morning of day one, morning of day three, morning of day five, and morning of day eight, and I will send that to you. Okay. Well, you will send good. that to us. These are just biomarkers. They're just <laughs> biomarkers. You need biomarkers. Okay. You need tracking systems. It keeps you going. I want to thank you so much thank for uh, guiding me through this whole process. Thanks yes. for doing and it with us. Yeah, it's going to be an amazing <laughs> experience, I'm sure. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm opening a cocktail bar this week, so I will not be drinking. You cannot buy me shots at the cocktail bar. <laughs> I, will be, I will be green juices and uh, bone broths uh, through the opening. So I'm pretty excited about it, and I appreciate you both. Thanks for having me thank here. Thank you for being yeah. here. Thank you, Juan, and thank yeah. you.
All right. Modern yeah, thank you, Modern Eater. Thank All right, you. Modern Eater. And the sorry, man behind, Greg. Oh, can, are you still on? <laughs> I say the man behind the camera is cleansing too. Yeah, Jay. So, I, Jay, how do you feel about cleansing? Are you still on? What's what's your um, what's your biggest what's your goal and what are you most um, hesitant about? <laughs> Clearly, he needs the cleanse. <laughs> Do you want my mic? I just have to outsmart it. There we go. Uh, thank you for asking. I'm terrified uh, of, <laughs> uh, of the whole thing, and it's uh, mainly just because, you know, I... I uh, have you ever done it? I, I've never done a cleanse, no. Okay. Um, I fasted and I've done some vegan uh, eating and things like You've that. Eaten some vegetables, you know. Yeah, this <laughs> will, this will be kind yeah, of the first pale. time I, I actually, uh, you know, do a cleanse. So I'm excited and terrified all at the same time. And I just wanted to remind people that if you want to take uh, the cleanse and come down to Nest at Nurture, uh, do that. Do that at visitnurture.com or just make your way down here. Basically, Spear and Federal, right? Yep. is where we are. Great place. Great folks. You do need to give them a couple days advance so they can make because they make everything from scratch and like it takes yeah. it's a process. So all right, good yeah. call. Definitely go to the website; it'll walk you through everything. And if there's questions there that aren't answered, just let us know. And I hand out best personal cell phone number for any yeah. questions, so any support you <laughs> exactly. need. She's on speed I'm, dial. I'm, I'm on guys. I'm gonna be 350 <laughs> guys signed up immediately. So thanks, ladies. I appreciate you. Thank you. So sweet of you. Thanks, Kel. Thank you. All right. You too. See you next you, time Jay. from The Modern Eater. Hey, you guys. Jay here with The Modern Eater Show. Thanks for watching. Don't forget about our YouTube and Instagram channels. A lot of killer content over there. Throw us a subscribe on YouTube. Throw us a follow on Instagram. And thank you for supporting TME. We couldn't do this without our amazing sponsors, so let's check them out right now. Very proud to be part of the, the Modern Eater and uh, chefs, restaurant owners, any food service operators. You know, I know right now that uh, delivery and carry out is bigger than ever and we got you covered. Uh, Cambro uh, has a full line of uh, delivery and carry out items. More economical options are expanded polypropylene or EPP, a uh, nice insulated container. Uh, the Procard Ultra is really versatile. It's a great unit because you could actually store cold products down here, hot products up here. It's all 120. There's no refrigeration worries. It's all thermodynamics. Just let us know what your food service challenges are, what it is we can do to help you out, and there isn't anything that we can't do for you. So uh, hope to see you over here in our facility in Park Hill soon and uh, stay safe out there. You know everybody, with several million dollars of hard assets here, insurance is very, very important to us. Ewing Levitt covers it all. Machinery, building, workman's comp. Ewing Levitt's got us covered from the floor to the ceiling, from our alley, even to the street. This divider, this press, my cooling conveyor, my oven. Ow, ow! Ewing Levitt covers our counter stacker and our employees too. If you need insurance, take it from Little Rich at Rockalitas. Call Ewing Levitt, they'll get you covered.
I go home, I strip down to my skivvies. All right, here we go. I got it, I got it, I got it. Hey everybody, Steve Gould from Golden Moon Distillery and Golden Moon Speakeasy. When I get my cocktails to go from Golden Moon Speakeasy, I go home, I kick back, and I watch The Modern Eater. Skivvies. Hey, I'm a Marine. It's Skivvies, man. Colorado, I hope you enjoyed that from Nurture again. If you want to take part, um, just go hit those guys up. It's Federal and Spear, really, is where Nurture is. You can look it up online. Uh, back to Studio Kitchen, Colorado. Kind of resident chef. It's really what you, you are here at I Studio guess so, Kitchen. Yeah. I know Chef Marcus Eng here with us. And before we broke off and, and played that video from Nurture, you put this together. Mm -hmm. Turned out deliciously. Yeah. Um, let's cut this baby up and let's show do what's it. up. Um, let's see. This is always the best part. Oh, yes, yes, chef. So Mike Harper, who's here with us. Mike, where's your microphone? You got one? There. Go grab that microphone. You had the last rack, and um, I don't know, turned out to your liking, sir? It was so good, I decided to wait around while they cut the second one. <laughs> Round two, right? And because of your new cleansing diet, you, I figure I was going to have to help pick up the ball I, and carry I it. I think you should. I'll let you know just exactly what you're missing. Yeah, how was, it the, the, how was it the first go around? Oh, it's fantastic. Ladies, Beautiful. pretty good? Yeah, absolutely. Um, fan of lamb, I, I don't know where, where people stand on the lamb spectrum, but I say give it a shot. Where can people, uh, most grocery stores, do they carry lamb? Yeah, I would tell you, if you want Colorado lamb, you probably better hit up a Kroger, which mm -hmm. would be uh, King Supers or City Market on the West. Uh, Safeway, sadly, has gone to an import program, so I don't talk That's much about Safeway when terrible. it comes to domestic lamb. You're but kidding me. Walmart, Superior uh, sells lamb into Walmart, mm -hmm. so any of the Walmart grocery stores should have Superior lamb, mm -hmm. which is Colorado or domestic lamb. Uh, Whole Foods would be another one that probably has yeah Colorado lamb. Colorado lamb on it. Uh, so, really, and a lot of chefs tune into the show as well. Food service is that within the Shamrocks and Cisco's of the world? Yeah, Mark, you could tell better. I'd say Cisco would be superior lamb, and probably Shamrock as well. <laughs> yeah. So when ramping back up, and if you're looking to create some menu ideas, I say throw Colorado lamb on your menu. And uh, educationally, how can people find out more about what you do? Well, as far as us uh, yeah. personally, uh, I would look on the Colorado Lamb Processors website. Okay. And under that, you'll find the families that are involved in that uh -huh. entity. And you'll find some history and some things going on with each of the families. And you'll, you'll learn more about us on that. I love it. I love yeah. it. Thanks for always coming and supporting us here at The Modern Eater. We love to do the same for you thank as well. Thank you for having us as always. Yeah, this is Mike Harper, Harper Feeders. I've got to thank everybody involved here today. Met some good new friends in uh, Mark. Mark Dumdy. Dumdy? Dumdy. Mark Dumdy joining us today. Along taking the trip, Tori Ulin and Holly Mitchek. 
Uh, thank you, ladies, for coming up and seeing us here today. We're going to come up with that hashtag. And Faces of Ag, that's really what we want to show as you utilize your little media brands of your Facebook and your Instagram. Show a picture and just support ag. We need to create that awareness. So as you keep an eye on the Modern Eater social media, we'll be putting some things out here in the coming days. But as we ramp up to Colorado Meat Out Day, which is turning into Meat In Day, and I love that the awareness is being brought in a really counterproductive, negative way of an overreach from Governor Polis, who, again, I wish you'd walk back that uh, proclamation, Governor. So we'll be trying to reach out to Senator Sonnenberg and uh, a few other people that will come on the show to support this initiative that we want to create awareness to an amazing, amazing industry here in Colorado with Colorado agriculture. And I think Holly... um, you mentioned early, but it's a $3 billion, right? $3 billion? $3.6 billion right here in Colorado. Um, that's the show for today. On Wednesday, we're going to go meet with a gentleman, Chris Fusilet, with Blake Street Tavern. And Chris obviously works off of occupancy, of, and he's just been hamstrung throughout COVID. But now, as regulations loosen up a bit, and they've announced that the Rockies will have fans coming in, and downtown needs that revitalization more than ever. So we're going to go support our friend Chris Fusilet from Blake Street Tavern. And we're also going to feature corned beef as we, uh, another great Colorado brand, and we'll feature some corned beef, which is delicious, and we're going to have Breckenridge Brewery join us there as well as we um, come up on St. Patty's Day. Really, really get out there and support how you can, when you can. Restaurants is more important than ever. Also, we'll be covering and talking about another thing that... <laughs> Governor Polis, you, you seem to really, really like the restaurant industry, and that's why you took uh, restaurant workers and put them in the back of the queue again when they were promised that they'd be on that uh, uh, line of vaccinations. Uh, whatever that's worth to you, we'll talk about that on uh, Wednesday as well. So, got to thank everybody involved. Thank you. Fantastic. And uh, we'll reconvene as well. Got to thank Marcus and Chef Blake Stein uh, for being here as well and Jay Parker doing such a good job we'll see you on the Modern Eater Show